And welcome to today's podcast episode with Brianna Bowley. She is a good friend of mine and today we are going to be talking about body image, which I think is an extremely important message and I'm really excited to start this conversation today. So welcome, Brianna. Thank you. I'm really pumped about this too. This is a really like juicy, uh, this, this feels juicy in my world at the moment. Oh, it's so good. It's such a good topic and this is very impromptu, which I totally love. Um, But as soon as I saw your post yesterday, I was like, oh, my God, I have to talk about this um, because it's something that I have overcome myself Mm -hmm. um, and still have to be mindful in certain places. Um, But, yeah, it's just such a vital message and, uh, you know, it's just so prominent and, yeah, I think the more that we can talk about this and share awareness around it, uh, the better. So, yeah, thank you for joining today. I'm, I really appreciate uh, your willingness to be open and vulnerable talking about this discussion. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. No worries. So I love always to start with some gratitude. So what's something that you can be grateful for today or that you are grateful for today? Oh, I love that. Um, today and every day, I'm grateful for my body. Um, (laughs) I'm grateful for, um, yeah, I'm grateful for this vehicle that I get to experience life through. Mm, So good. Yeah. So good. How How about you? Um, look, let's go with that. Um, because of the topic of the podcast, I am also grateful that I can, wake up and use my arms and my legs and you know I know how my body communicates to me and you know just tuning into all of that so I'm grateful that I've learned that now and yeah totally I love that beautiful so can we start off with your story about body image and you know what's yeah what your background is and where you are to this point um, yeah, I'd just love to hear and so would everybody else about, you know, what your journey has been like in terms of body image. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'll be really transparent in the fact that I've always been, uh, well, I, I grew up very confident and comfortable in my body. You know, I'm, I'm, I consider myself to be an <laughs> athlete and so um, for me it was always more so about what my body could do more than how my body looked. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge for me actually was that, you know, I got bullied a lot when I was young. I got called a, um, a prawn. And for anyone that doesn't know what prawn means, it's, you know, mm. what do we do with prawns? We keep their body and we rip off their head, right? Mm. And so, like, my big thing was actually about my face. That was my big hang-up. I was really comfortable with my body. I was just more, I guess, self-conscious about my face. Mm. And, um you know, I got into personal training because, as I said, I am a, I am a, um, I do consider myself to be a, be a bit of a natural athlete, and I started working with a lot of weight loss clients. And at the same time, I, you know, I was having a lot of these clients say to me, like, "You don't get it. You've never been overweight. You've never had to lose a considerable amount of weight. You've never had to really diet. You're, you're naturally thin." And they had a point, you know, like I, I was at that point in my life, someone who could go out drinking every weekend, I could eat Maccas, you know, like for breakfast, lunch and dinner and not gain any weight. Yeah. 
And so I chose to start to, you know, go on this journey of competing or prepping to compete in a fitness modeling competition, which was at the time a 16 week preparation, the Mm -hmm. most hardcore training regime and, you know, nutritional regime that you could possibly think of. Mm. And over those 16 weeks, I think I lost about 10 kilos. And, um, you know, because the nature of bodybuilding is you're being judged on aesthetics. That was when I started to you know, build this body dysmorphia. I started to create this experience of body dysmorphia oh. and disordered eating. So, you know, I was, um, you know, I stuck to the the um, nutrition, yeah, the nutrition plan perfectly, but I would keep these secret lists of foods that I couldn't wait to eat post-comp. Mm. I would obsess over foods. And I remember going to social outings and, you know, people would put out, you know, bowls of chips and lollies and stuff on the table And I'd look around at people going like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, why is no one eating these? Because I Mm. so desperately wanted to just, you know, binge. Yep. And so coming out of my comp, um, it it was like I could not control myself with food. Like Mm. anything and everything that I could get my hands on, anything that wasn't on on the nutrition plan previously, I could not stop myself. It it was like I had been starved for the last, you know, eternity. Mm experiencing food for the first time you know and so I stacked on 10 kilos in about a week yeah Um, and you know I think a lot of that was water weight but of course you know my my physical body changed so rapidly yes that I remember not wanting to leave the house because I was like people are going to think that I've stacked on weight yeah think you know oh my god she's let herself go uh, and of course, being a personal trainer at the time as well, like there was my my business was kind of wrapped up in a lot of those fears. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then began the began the process for me of really starting to like uh, detach myself from the way that I looked, and to be able to kind of get a little bit of um, control back over my nutritional habits. Yep. Um, you know, and that that journey for me looked like, you know, I did another comp in, in 2014 and really focused on making that competition a lot more balanced and a lot more mentally and emotionally healthy. Yep. Um, and, you know, it wasn't really until maybe 2016 um, that I really started to, you know, something clicked for me um, and I, I, I started to really find uh to come back to that state of love for my body and what it could do rather than yes. how it looked. Um yeah. you know, and that that was that was consciously doing the work, you know, during this this time. And so, you know, fast forward to now, and I can honestly say um I'm the the fittest and the leanest I've ever been. And my relationship with food is this beautiful team dynamic. My relationship with my body is this beautiful team dynamic. Um and um you know, and this is why I wanted to to talk more on this topic because truth be told, uh, body image struggles and food struggles are so far out of my awareness at this point in my life. Like it's not even a, a lingering thought in my mind for a second anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it was only recently, the last couple of months that I landed myself in a couple of conversations with my clients where they told me some of the things that they wouldn't allow themselves to do because of what people, their arms or what people might think of their legs or what people might think of their stomach. Mm. And I was like, holy fuck, there's people who are still 
you know, trapped in this and this yes. change because I want people to experience what I experience. I want people to feel complete and utter freedom in the way their body looks, the way their body moves, the way they relate to food, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the, the condensed version of the story. Yeah, so important. Um, so when we're talking about, you know, when you're in the depths of those unhealthy thought patterns or behaviours, what were some of the thoughts that you would have about yourself or the way you looked or are you open to going into that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what are some of the thoughts that you would come across and that also that you see that's similar to your clients? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was, um, you know, and I, th- I think for me it was it was a unique kind of version of it because I was a personal trainer. So yep. there were a lot of stories that would come up for me around like, you know, people will think that I'm a fraud. People will think that I've let myself go. Um, um you know there was a lot of for me the almost this feeling of like dirtiness Mm. um because you know like um I find that my uh my nutritional habits show a lot through my skin and my hair Mm -hmm. really figured out over time I think people's bodies express things differently yeah but me my genetic makeup or whatever means that my skin really expresses my skin and my hair really express the quality of the food that I'm eating yep and so you know I I remember feeling like my skin and my hair was oily so I felt dirty I felt disgusting I felt like people would look at me and go wow like has she showered yeah um I would you know my skin broke out after my comp um and so I remember people you know the the thought of uh, that people would think that, yeah, I was disgusting, that I mustn't wash, that I um, was obviously, you know, still this uh, this pubescent teenager even though I was in my early 20s, you know. Yeah. And the main thing for me was thinking, like, men will not find me attractive, you mm. know. Like I'm, I, I wanted to hide. I wanted to be invisible. And I often wouldn't let myself go out to certain social um opportunities because I was afraid that people would think I was disgusting yep yeah um and so in that what has your experience been with men and you know them having attraction towards you or was there something that kind of changed your mind around that yeah, well, for me, the, the the thing that really shifted it was I actually went away to a holiday um, to Borneo, Malaysian Borneo, mm-hmm. and this trip was, and I'm so grateful this, for this experience because, I mean, at the time my skin had broken out to the point of, you know, like my the skin on my face was just basically one big pimple, like it was painful, inflamed, like mm. cystic acne. It was horrible. It was yep. so painful. And you know, I, I would not make eye contact with people because it was so bad. And at the same time, I was the biggest physically that I'd ever been. I weighed the most that I'd ever weighed. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I hid myself away from the world a lot. Mm. And I went on this trip to Malaysian Borneo and spent some time actually volunteering out in the jungle with third world tribes, with, you know, uh, nature and wildlife out there and rescued animals and so on. Cool. And being in, you know, a foreign country, um you know and especially a country where there wasn't a lot of tourism Mm -hmm. um 
I was consistently being pulled aside by the by the um, locals who were like, "Oh my God, your skin is so beautiful." Oh, yes, wow. You know? Because I was I was pale blonde, you know, and they were like, "Your skin is so beautiful." And for so long, I had been feeding myself this story that I was disgusting, that my skin was disgusting, um, and. I was now being fed something completely different. And then when it came to, you know, the body image stuff, um, you know, like a lot of the women over in Borneo were very uh, like small, very petite women. Whereas for me, I was, you know, I had big boobs. I was quite curvy, you know, at my biggest. And like, I remember the men over there, like really um, making it quite clear that they were attracted to me. Mm. And um, you know, and I remember this one day we were out on a tour to a waterfall and one of the locals asked if he could take a photo of me in my bikini. And I was like, oh, my God, no. And he, <laughs> admittedly, he snuck the photo, not the most <laughs> integral thing, but he yeah. took the photo. And later on he showed it to me and I was disgusted by what I saw and I was like, mm. you have to delete that. And he was like, are you kidding me? Like this is the sexiest photo ever. Oh. You look incredible. And I was like, what does he see that I don't see? Mm. And so that really woke me up. And then, you know, the strangest thing was because we were out in the jungle, I didn't have a mirror the entire time. So I didn't have the struggles of my skin and my body constantly thrown in my face. Yep. And so when I finally got back to Australia and looked in the mirror, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot that I have acne. Yes. What? What the hell? Oh, my God, I forgot that I'm bigger than I would like to be. And that shifted something in me because I was like, people don't see me the way I see me. Yep. And the only thing that keeps it, keeps me attached to it is that I'm constantly focused on it. Yes. And the second I stopped focusing on it and put my focus onto something more purposeful, in, mm-hmm. in that case, it was the ecotourism, you know, uh, volunteer work, I it shifted and funnily enough not long after that my acne cleared up and I suddenly started losing weight without actually changing anything I wasn't eating I hadn't changed my my training anything like that but weight started dropping because I felt differently about myself yeah I was gonna ask you if that had happened once you had the shift yeah so fascinating and so you know I realized that really like I was I was trying to hold myself to these beauty Mm. um these standards that was just based on who I was around, you know, yeah. I'm holding myself to this standard that was what the bodybuilding industry t- told me I needed to look like. And yep. if I was just willing to get outside of the, um, the sphere that I was operating within, there were people who thought I was, you know, incredibly sexy. Um, it was just that, yeah, I'd only heard one narrative, yep. you know, For sure. and, and that changed it all for me. Oh, I love that. It's it's so good um, because I know like at my biggest, I mean, my husband would love me no matter what, but just even in that, like we've been married for so long already and when I have been at my biggest, he's just like, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. Like, in, you know, usually they kind of love a little bit of mm. cushion, you know. It's yeah. Like, yeah, you know, and I think. Um, you know, that really shifted something in me as well uh, just to not beat myself up about unnecessary shit, really. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was really powerful for me and, you know, I know for myself 
um, just being around this conversation, like I just, I find it, like this just really needs to change because I find that whenever women comment on their weight or how they look, like I actually find it really boring now. Yes. You know, and I understand why they're doing it and, of course, I don't judge them for that but I just think, fuck, we have so many better things to talk about than how we look and it's like shouldn't it be about how you feel and, you know, yeah. like working on that inner stuff, right? So, like, this is it's just such an important conversation. Yeah. Um, but where do you think, like, all of this comes from? Like this unhealthy expectation of what we should look like? Uh, I mean, there's so many layers to this. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of it is, uh, well, it's marketing, it's it's consumerism, it's, you know, keeping people in the uh, ongoing loop of always needing the next thing. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that that's that's how companies make money. If, if people are always striving for the next thing that's going to make them good enough, well, it's a money-making machine. So, you know, I think that there's that, that kind of um, um, consumerist dynamic. And then I also, you know, dare I say it, I also think there's elements of um you know like social constructs that have that really uh drive women away from finding their power because when Mm -hmm. we're so focused on how we look and like oh I can't do that because you know I my my stomach roll might show or someone might see my um what are they what do they even call them my chicken wings or whatever you know yeah um the the flab under my arm or whatever like when we're trapped in that we're we're easy to control you know we're not in our power we're not focused on purpose and so I think a huge part of it is that women in their power are fucking powerful (laughs) Um, and so you know what easier way than to than to kind of perpetuate these cycles of um shame yeah of shame exactly and and sadly like women have I mean I, I will be the first person to put my hand up and, and say that I've done this and it's not something yep. that I'm proud of and I didn't know better at the time, but I have been the person who's picked on another woman for her weight. Yeah. Or I have been the woman who's picked on another woman for, um, you know, um, her, her bad skin or, mm. you know, her um, stomach rolls or, or whatever, right, mm-hmm. or that she's put on weight or she's too skinny now or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've sort of we've been taught that the way to fit in, the way to survive, is to really tear each other down and to put all of the emphasis and focus on um, these, you know, dare I say it, meaningless things of how we look. Yeah, I know it's um, really damaging. You know, mm-hmm. just keeping this conversation. There's a couple of people in my life that talk about this whenever I see them, mm-hmm. and I really don't entertain the conversation at all I just I don't I don't want to talk about it I don't care if someone's put on two kilos I just don't care yeah um you know it's like all from within but yeah I think there's like you said there's lots of different reasons why this is present but I think just keeping this shame cycle uh present is just so damaging for us and you know we can't possibly open up and find our own inner power if these these kind of things are still uh, really prevalent yeah and I, I think the other thing as well is that we're not 
we're not really given the example that it's possible to live any other way. Yes. Like I remember when I first started bodybuilding, the conversations I was surrounded by was like, well, you know, what was your weight this morning? Like, what's your body fat percentage? How many calories are you eating? What's your macronutrient breakdown? Like, you know, that, that was the consistent flavor of conversation. And so I was led to believe that this is just the way it is. Like as a human being, I, I uh, have bought into this, you know, this narrative that I have to be always concerned about the way I look. Mm. And I didn't have any role models in my life at the time of like, no, actually, like it doesn't even have to be a fleeting thought in your mind. Yeah. Um, and you, thankfully, I am the kind of person who I, I question things a lot. And I did. I started to go, you know, does this really have to be where I live from? And mm. what if I have the courage to go out and see whether something else is possible? And here I am, you know, here I am experiencing a life where the shape of my body doesn't hold me back from doing anything that I want to do you know yeah so good because you know like if we see and there are some really positive role models out there now um with you know plus size or whatever it's there are some really positive examples and Mm -hmm. you know when you see them in their power because they're happy it's so beautiful it's you know really it's really beautiful and I think, um, you know, being a mum as well mm. and really hearing conversations around got to get back to my pre-baby weight, you know, or just even putting on weight while you're pregnant, it's just it's such a mind fuck, I think, mm. for a lot of women and I feel really bad and sorry for them in a way or just sorry for women in a way that mm. this consciousness is present and they can't enjoy just growing a baby or they just can't enjoy their body for what it's doing like growing a human um and then just even allowing that softness and grace after they've had a baby to just just be present with what their body is going through and yeah it's just such a yeah it's it's unbelievable um yeah so um I lost my train of thought then, but (laughs) (laughs) I'll move on to the next question, which was thoughts around food, because I think this is a really important uh, question as well. And I know on my journey, I have obsessed over food. Mm -hmm. Um, So just, you know, I, you know, always ever since I was, I think, yeah, like going through school after school, I think it was only like, the recent 10 years where I have been my biggest um but I was always obsessed with food like what I would put in my mouth like obsessed with exercise staying skinny but even I look at photos of when I was size 8 and 10 and I I remember what I was thinking at the time thinking I was so fat Mm. yeah it's so crazy and I think of the comments that I used to make to people and just unconsciously just damaging myself you know and um but it does come from somewhere sometimes it's family sometimes it's friends uh definitely media like all these unrealistic expectations but yeah I'd love to talk around food and constrictions around food because I know for me when I started to learn to eat intuitively Mm -hmm. um and I started to really be conscious of how I consumed um you know not 
slamming the food or just, you know, if I was hungry, I'd have a drink of water or just really being in more tune with my body. Mm. I just noticed things happening to my body and also my nervous system would be, you know, shifting as well, which is something that you do a lot of work around. But mm. uh, I, I noticed how much softer I was when I started to learn to eat in a different way and not shame foods. Yes. So yeah. can you talk a bit about that or your yeah. experience with that and, yeah, what yeah. your opinion is on that? Absolutely. Well, I mean, I've, I've worked with many, many, many women over the years who, you know, have experienced, um, you know, binge and purge cycles, um, you know, eating disorders, so on. Um, and what I have found is the common thread. And, you know, this is, this is very subtly um, kind of driven into our minds on a subconscious level. Mm-hmm. What I find is that food and pleasure are very, very closely linked. And, mm. um, you know, like think of how often do we hear the saying better than sex when we talk about different foods. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, uh, Cadbury, wouldn't it be nice if the world was chocolate or, you know, whatever, whatever the saying is. Yes, um, you know, and those, those the the adverts were like the kids skipping around, you know, eating um, eating the trees and whatever else because they're made of chocolate. <laughs> you know, we we kind of link our happiness and our pleasure and our enjoyment to food. Mm. So what I find a lot of the time is when someone has any sort of disordered relationship with food, they usually have a disordered relationship with how much they'll allow themselves to enjoy life. How much, they'll, mm. how much pleasure they'll allow themselves to receive, right? Mm. And this could be to, due to a huge number of things. It could be, you know, um, shame. It could be that they feel a level of shame or guilt around what they enjoy in life. Yeah. It could be that they've come from some sort of a restrictive background like some, you know, um, like a religion or a particular belief system that's really quite um, restricting in what is and isn't appropriate, you know. Mm-hmm. When they come from these kind of rigid belief systems of right or wrong that creates a lot of shame and guilt in in, in the body yeah um, and what I find as well is often if someone's experienced trauma and there's actually a disassociation from their body and they're unable to actually be in their body and feel a lot of the time that presents itself as a behavioral pattern of either overeating so like numbing out yeah um you know try, try, trying to numb out or uh, overeating to try and get the feeling to try and feel something yes you know, I know for me um uh I you know I know I've only really realized this in the last maybe two or three years but one of my trauma responses for a very long time was to freeze and to disassociate to basically numb out from my body yeah and so I would go into these patterns when I would start to you know when I would find myself wanting to eat it was usually because I was bored Yes. Right? So it was like, oh, I'll go eat some chocolate to get a bit of excitement in my life. Mm-hmm. Then what would happen is I'd eat too much chocolate and then I'd feel guilt and then yes. I'd feel shame. So then I would shut down and numb out even more. So then yep. the cycle would repeat. So the shift that needs to be made around food is to actually start to, to, to do the internal work on shifting some of the shame and the guilt and the belief systems that aren't, uh, that aren't, uh, God, my tongue twister, that are not ours so that, um, you know, yep. we see food for what it is. It's something that we get to enjoy. It's something that um, fuels us. 
Um, and it's, you know, it's just another beautiful part of life that we get to experience, you know, and there is nothing wrong with you if you enjoy a block of chocolate every now and then. There's yes. nothing wrong with you if you enjoy a bit of soft drink every now and then. There's, you know, there's nothing wrong with you if you, you don't always want to eat healthy. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I believe that life is a smorgasbord of incredible experiences and mm-hmm. food is, is just another piece of that puzzle. Yep, um, so yeah. agree with that. Really, it's Yeah. Continue, yeah, sorry. No, you're right. I was just going to finish off by saying it's it's really healing that relationship with how much we will allow ourselves to experience life. Yes, I love that so much um, because I know when I was in that cycle, um, I wasn't allowing myself to enjoy life that much or I felt guilty about it for some reason. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, like if I go to a party now, like I'm going to enjoy what's there and I'm going to indulge and I have no guilt around it whatsoever now. I'm just like, mm. yep, yeah, cool, I know how I live for the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm healthy for most of the week, but if I'm out and I feel like that, then I'll do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think there has to be that healthy balance because, uh, in your mindset, as you shared earlier, your mind can hold on to that stress and create that cortisol in your body to mm-hmm. hold on to that weight. Yeah. So I noticed in myself that when I let go of those expectations or that guilt or that stress around eating certain things, like my, it was like energetically I lost weight. Yeah. And then I actually lost physical weight because of the way I was, the new way I was thinking about myself. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I always give the example of it's like, you know, if, if, if you, if you brought me a beautiful gift and I was like, what the fuck, Tash? What is this? (laughs) I don't want this gift. Why did you bring me this? This isn't what, it's not what I wanted, mm. right? Like you're, you're going to be like, well, fuck you. I'm I'm never supporting you ever again, right? Like I'm yeah. never giving you another gift. Versus <laughs> even if the gift isn't exactly what I wanted, going, you know, wow, Tash, like thank you so much for thinking of me. Wow, like I, I, I feel so seen and valued by you, you know? Mm. You're, you're going to be like, okay, <laughs> great, like, the appreciation creates more of what we want, right? Mm. And so I, I kind of use that analogy with my clients a lot where it's like that's that's how you're treating your body. Yes. If your body isn't the, the you know, the weight on the scales that you want or it, uh, you know, you wake up bloated today um, and you sit there and go, oh, for fuck's sakes, like I'm still not there yet, you know, like why won't my body just do what I want it to do? Why am I still like this and so on? It, it kind of, it shuts down. It, it perpetuates that guilt and shame cycle and like yep. cortisol, which is inflammation, which then means your body's not um, processing and digesting food properly, mm-hmm. which, you know, like it just becomes this vicious cycle. You're probably not going to be sleeping properly, which means that, you know, yeah, it just, it just perpetuates itself. Totally. And I, going, you know, we're waking up and going, wow, like, wow, today my body like carried me through the day. Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm so grateful. I'm so, so, so grateful. Your body, you know, starts to, it's the relaxation piece. Yeah. Suddenly, you know, you go into your sympathetic state, which is your rest and recharge state. And so your body starts um, uh, doing its job. It starts working optimally. And then, of course, that can only lead to good things where it comes to, you know, weight loss or, or, performance or whatever your goal may be 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's studies that are done around when our body is in that relaxed state that our DNA changes. Yes. Um, so it's really amazing. You know, I think the more that we can lean into that uh, working on our nervous system or meditation or just relaxing more and, and getting our mind right, we can really shift illness and um, yeah. our physical state as well. Absolutely. But, yeah, I don't love scales I haven't used them for years um because I just I know how I feel and you know there might be the odd occasion that I'll use it but I, I definitely don't I don't use that as a marker I use how I feel as a marker um how my clothes fit how my skin is like you were saying before mm-hmm. um and even women that are getting fit you know I think it's important to you know, if you want to take measurements as well as, you know, weighing yourself and not just have one of those things like such as the scales to mark how you're mm-hmm. tracking yeah. um, all those in-body scans, you know, to see how your muscles and your bones are changing in, in a good way or your visceral fat, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I think it's important to kind of go into that if you are on that fitness journey and obsessing over the scales. Um but, yeah, when I I know I read this book um, after I, ha- I was at my biggest, I, you know, wanted to do something about it from a healthy standpoint um, and I read this book from Marianne Williamson. I can't remember what it was called now. Oh, I've got to try and, yeah, anyway, I'll leave that for now. Um, but I read the first, I think it was like one or two pages in, And she was talking about emotional eating Mm -hmm. and the way she said it, it really triggered me. And I was like, no, I shut the book and I was like, that's not me. I don't emotional eat, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that opened a whole thing. Um, I sat with it for a couple of days and I remember I opened the book and I was just, I just felt relief because it was like, oh, okay, like I can put, I can understand what this is all about now, the cycles of me going up and down, up and down, mm. fluctuating, sabotaging, you know, getting really fit, sabotaging it. Mm. That that was my whole life. Mm. Um, but, yeah, really understanding that why I was eating yes. was really powerful for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was it was such a freeing book for me. But, you know, my journey went on for a couple of years just healing that body image because it was very unhealthy and I remember the last time that I was really fit and healthy was uh, probably about I think like maybe six years ago um and I looked so amazing (laughs) I was you know if I looked like that now I'd be stoked you know and I and I'm working towards that again but you know just taking taking time on my journey and enjoying it Mm. um but I rebelled against that like I realized that I was I had such a bad body image and I rebelled and I just said no I'm so done with this control Mm. I'm just leaving everything and I went the opposite way and what Mm. was interesting was when I was on the opposite end of the scale and I ended up putting on heaps of weight I vowed to myself that I would learn to love myself as I was then yes 
And I was like, I am not. I know that I'm indulging and doing all this and I had a good time. (laughs) I was like, I am not going back into the fitness industry. I'm not going back into any diets or controlled eating until I can learn to love myself as I am right now. And I did. And, And the challenge for me was actually to manage other people's judgments towards me mm-hmm. for how I was. So that was mm-hmm. the next challenge for me. Yeah. But, yeah, and so now, like, I I won't do anything. I, you know, very rarely do any challenges or anything like that. Like, I will sometimes if it's fun, but I don't want to do anything that will possibly make me go into those unhealthy, obsessive states again. Mm. Um, and I just feel like I'm at the age now too where I'm just, I just want to enjoy my life and mm. this is a lifestyle choice for me now. So, yeah, mm. I just thought I'd share that for anyone, you know, that might benefit from my story. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, right? The fitness industry, like it is, it's a business. At the end of the day, it is a business. And yep. so. Um, the fitness industry pushes like eight week challenge, quick results, yes. you know, like you'll have the body you want within eight weeks. And it's like, no, like play the long game. Yes. You know? Like that sense of urgency is actually a trauma response. And it's yep. that sense of urgency that keeps us perpetuating the guilt and shame that I keep speaking on, which keeps us in that loop, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'll be transparent in the fact that, and I'll kind of um, just asterisks here that I, I compete in a sport that requires us to be within a certain weight range. Yep. We do uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which, you know, competitively I have to be under a certain weight. Yep. And so I weigh myself every single day, first thing in the morning, fasted. And yep. for me, and the reason why I do that now is because it means nothing. Yep. Actually just collecting objective data of like, okay, perfect. Yep. You know, like, um, yesterday I got my period so my weight's up a little bit right yes. it's, for me it's actually really empowering because I get to sit there and go okay I, I now know that two days out from my period every single time I can I gain 1.5 kilos yeah the second day of my period that starts to drop off and by the yep. end of the week I'm, I usually end up slightly lighter yeah you know like I, I I know that on days where I haven't taken a really big poo yet my weight's up Yes. That's how much the scale doesn't actually mean shit. Yes. I had this hilarious experience the other day. I went into my jujitsu gym and my coach, I got on the scales with my uniform on to check whether I was close to the weight that I needed to be for an upcoming competition. Yeah. And I didn't know, but my coach was standing behind me with his foot on the scales. And so it was coming up that my weight, that I was eight kilos heavier than I (laughs) And I was like what the fuck <laughs> and like I was like man these scales there's something wrong with these scales and he's like no, oh let me jump on and he's like I'm usually 85 kilos he hops on the scale of course it comes up with 85 kilos yeah I hop back on Brie like they're working for me I get back on the scales are eight kilos up <laughs> and I was like nah dude like these, these can't be right <laughs> and the whole time like I was tripping out I was like what is going on but not once did I actually feel any element of shame? Yes. Any element of judgment of myself? I literally just went, oh, my God. Like, oh, I did have a couple of wines last night, but I just think <laughs> that can make my weight go up eight kilos overnight. Yeah. Right? And then it wasn't until he started cracking up laughing that I realized that he was messing with me. 
But, you know, like and I had the thought after I left where I was like, oh, my God, once upon a time that would yes. have spiraled me. Yep. You know, I would have completely fallen into a heap of like, oh, my God, I've put on eight kilos. I don't like it. I've never been, you know, yep. like, um, but it, I could look at it and just go, it's just a number. And yep. maybe these scales aren't accurate or maybe I just need to go take a really, really, really big poo. Yeah. <laughs> you know it means nothing and I think that that's where we all get to practice living from because the numbers on the scale like everything is just data yeah and when we play the long game they don't mean anything we just get to sit there and go okay the number's up today I yeah. wonder why that could be oh the number's gone down today I wonder why that could be oh exactly. the number stayed the same as it was yesterday and especially for a woman yeah. You know, we go through so many like hormonal changes, yeah. <laughs> like up and down. So it's, yeah, I think yeah. it's really something in learning how to love who we are as a woman and what our body can do rather than what it doesn't do compared to a male's body, you know. Yeah. Even like silly stuff, like, you know, like I remember when I was competing, I'd go and get hair extensions from my competition. And I remember, you know, like I never realized it at the time. But I'd go and get, you know, like a full head of beaded hair extensions put in. Yeah. That shit's heavy, right? Yeah. I'd jump on the scales and be like, oh, my God, I've gained weight. Yes. You've just got a whole head of extensions <laughs> put in, right? But I would sit there and go, oh, my God, my diet's not working. Oh, my God, like what's yep. happening? In, instead of going, oh, no, I, I literally have just added a whole bunch of weight to my body. Yeah. You know, it means nothing. Yes. Absolutely nothing. Totally. And I know there's a few PTs now that work with mindset and self-love and all of that, which is such an amazing piece to the puzzle in the fitness industry. So I'm really glad to see that's happening. Mm. Um, Yeah, just removing that shame, I think, and judgment on self because, you know, if you're judging someone else, you're definitely judging yourself for, you know, how you're showing up as well. But yeah, it's, I think, um, yeah, we, we definitely have a long way to go, but it is going there slowly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, have you heard of that expression, skinny body, fat head? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like, you know what I was saying before, you know, when I was a size 10, I had a skinny body, but yeah. my head was saying I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, oh, you know, yes. I need yeah, to yeah, lose. Yeah. yeah, so it's, you know. Yeah, there's so many skinny women that are obsessed with their weight, um, which is exactly where I was too. Yeah, and this is the thing, right? It's all comparative. So, like, for me, you know, like most people, even when I was at my heaviest, most people would say to me, like, I would kill for your body. Yes. me, I was like, oh, my God, I'm disgusting because I had got down to, you know, some tiny weight with next to no body fat, which, by the way, isn't healthy nor maintainable. Yeah. You know, it's the extremes of bodybuilding. It's the extremes of bodybuilding competition, you know. And so, um, like, it's all based on what your experience has been. So, um, yeah, like, you really, when you compare yourself to others or you compare yourself to how you think you need to be because of the runway runway models or whatever, you're trying to compare chalk with cheese. Like you're two completely different people who've had two completely different life experiences and nothing means anything, you know? And I I think the other thing as well is like as human beings, uh, we, we become addicted to what's familiar 
And so, you know, of course, if we've spent so much of our time hung up on the scale or on our weight or how other people will view us, it makes sense that we would continue to be hung mm-hmm. up. It's familiar, mm-hmm. so it's safe. Even if it feels horrible, it's safe because yeah. we, we know it's, it's predictable. Yeah. And so the thing that I really always encourage my clients to ask themselves is, well, who could you become or what could you be capable of creating for yourself and for your life? If you took all of the time, money, energy, focus that you put on your weight and put it into something that you actually do want more of, like, yeah. say, you know, your um, your financial well-being or living living your dream holiday or, you know, like living your dream life or, um, you know, building an incredible business that you're inspired by or whatever it may be, you know, and yeah. Then- when you can kind of take an inventory of that and go, oh my God, like I commit 90% of my day stressing about how I look. If I put 90% of my day into something that I do want more of, holy shit. Exactly. Right? Like that puts things in perspective. It does. And like you mentioned earlier in the conversation, it just, it gives you purpose. Yes. You know, and going back to what you were saying before about models and everything, like we don't know if they're happy and most of the time they're not. They're like in binge cycles themselves, um, but we don't see that part of the story. We just see the size they are and, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah, we don't know what someone's experiencing mentally or even in their life. You know, we think that everyone's having a positive, you know, amazing life, but they could be the most depressed as well. You know, we just don't know. So I think um, being aware of that's a possibility as well. It's not just like, yeah, if I'm skinny, then I'm going to be happy, you know. Well, I mean, take it from I've worked with, you know, some of the world's best fitness models. I've worked with, you know, some of some, some world champion fighters, um, who, you know, all are in sports, which are very weight-based. I've worked with, you know, Instagram influencers and mm. uh, I've worked with a lot of people who from the outside looking in, most people would be like, she's got it figured out. And I can tell you now, like a lot of, a lot of not all, like of course there's exceptions, but most of the time they're very hung up in, yes. you know, the, the, the same stuff that everyone else is struggling with and that's why they come and work with me, right? Yes. And, and you know, like it's it's so we have to remember that a lot of the time the, so the what we see on social media is curated, mm-hmm. you know. Like I, I remember seeing um, – meeting at back in my fitness modeling days, you know, this, and I won't name any names here, but meeting a fitness model who, who I had been frothing over for months, <laughs> months, months, like to me, she was it. I was like, she's got this all figured out. Yeah. And then I met her in person and I kind of got to know some of what was going on behind the scenes for her. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I do not want what you have at all because it's smoke and mirrors. Yes. And then people started pointing out to me all of the signs on her social media of where she was Photoshopping her images, Mm. where she was bringing her waist in and making her booty and her boobs bigger. And I was like, Oh my God. Yes. She looks like, her right yes she doesn't even look like the impossible standard she set yeah absolutely you know like that changed it for me where I was like none of it matters it's just it's it's just a vehicle that we get to experience life through and we get to shift our um our focus to the experience of life rather than the the expression of the vehicle exactly like you said before just 
you know, having pleasure and, and just enjoying small things like friends and family and good food and wine or coffee, whatever you want to enjoy, you know, just experiencing all of it. Um, yeah. And even what you wear and everything, just mm. experiencing everything from such a uh, joyous space. Mm. Yeah. It's like, we didn't come here to suffer with these yeah. unrealistic, unrealistic expectations that one person set one day in the past, you yeah. know, and then it's just caught on. Exactly. I wrote a uh, post this morning on Instagram, which said, um, the way you look will not change the way you feel, but the way you feel will absolutely change the way you look. Yes. You know, and like, like, I think that's ultimately what we're getting at here. You know, like you said, you made the promise to yourself that you wouldn't get back into, you know, the fitness world until you learn how to love yourself as you are. Yeah. You know, and that was what started to shift things for you, you know, and yep. same deal for me, my trip to Borneo, when I started mm. experiencing the outer world, um, you know, seeing me differently and it was because I stopped looking in looking in the mirror consistently I I wasn't hung up on it anymore so people started treating me differently which had me start to you know I was feeling different and Mm -hmm. that started to shift and like I said my cystic acne that I tried everything to get rid of miraculously disappeared over two weeks upon returning from yes you know and my weight just suddenly started to drop yeah and you know, and then it was just a a, a, um, a process from there, an effortless process from there. Yeah, it's that stress, isn't it? It just yeah. does so much to our bodies. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say before, I like to, you know, not always comment on people's appearances and if yes. someone has lost a bunch of weight and they mention it, you know, I will say like, well done, like I'm I'm really happy for you. Yeah. You know, instead of saying things like, oh, you look amazing, like when I, if I didn't say that before, it's like I try and really create a different mindset uh, where people aren't asking for feedback because they've lost weight, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, just changing that conversation a little bit around the people that you see is like, I don't care what you look like. Mm. Um, I just care that you're happy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I'm, I'm the same. When I see someone has, has lost weight, I, I say to them, like, congratulations, how do you feel? Exactly. You know, and, and hopefully most of the time it's, well, I, you know, I feel incredible. I'm, I'm looking after myself in new ways. I'm, I'm meeting myself in new ways. And, and that's, I mean, that's the goal. Totally, because I know in the past when I lost weight, I would, wait for other people to comment Mm. on the way that I looked so that it would boost my own self-worth and self-esteem and I was looking for that external validation always yeah but when yeah like now I'm like I don't care like I'm just doing me and that's it (laughs) but you know I try and empower others in that way as well by not always commenting on what I see visually but if they mention it I'm like I'm so happy for you the same as you how do you feel yeah yeah I um, a, one of my teammates yesterday said to me um at training she's like Bree you're looking incredible like look at your little waist and I was like yeah I do thank you like yeah I do you know <laughs> whereas once upon a time I would have been like oh uh, thanks um you know and then I would have kind of made it mean something and I would have kind of flagged it in my head of like this is how I get validation when I look like this 
And at no other stage in my physical journey, I have I have to look like this in order to be enough. Yes. Because this is where I get the external validation. Totally. But instead, I, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I was like, yeah, I, I do. I do look incredible because I feel incredible. Fuck that's yes. right. No brainer. You exactly. Know? <laughs> exactly. I love that. Yeah. And slightly, like it's still on topic, but slightly different slant is I know because I I used to do um, body image healing workshops Mm. and one lady that I had in that workshop she was saying I actually get shamed for being the other way like too skinny Mm. so she came across people all the time would just be like oh you bitch like you're so skinny or like blah 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 like eat a burger you know all of that so it's like if you're too skinny, people don't like it yeah. and they feel triggered by that or want to change you. And then if you're not too skinny, then they want to change you as well. So it's like really noticing the opposite end of that yeah. spectrum and, um, you know, I guess giving a shout out to women that have struggled with that as well because I can understand that's, you know, that's the same thing. It's it's the same shame just with a different face. Absolutely. I mean, I went through all of that through my fitness modelling. You know, I remember my dad, well-meaning, of course, came from love, but I remember him saying to me, like, you need to put weight back on. You look way prettier when your face is fuller. I remember my brother saying to me, I'm worried about you. You look unwell. Um, I remember, mm. you know, people people saying, "Eat a fucking burger." Like, yeah. oh, you must be starving yourself. Um, I, I remember going out to um, a, a football club that I was affiliated at the time with, and having someone literally try and force feed me a cupcake. Oh my god! And I was, I was like, I don't, I don't want the cupcake. And he was like, Come on, you, you, we need to put, we need to put some meat on your bones. Have the cupcake. One cupcake won't hurt. Why are you being so strict on yourself? One cupcake won't hurt. Mm. And, you know, I was like, I, I don't want the cupcake, right? Yeah. So, you know, it definitely goes both ways. Like I, I totally. really remember feeling heavily judged and, um, you know, for, for being skinny. Like do you ever yeah. eat? Oh, my God, you must be so weak. Like how how do you go to the gym and not have any muscle, you know, because I, yes. I was so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. And and so what do you think that is? Like going into that, like I know part of it is definitely tall poppy. People don't want you to, you know, in a way or it might be triggering something in them so they put you down to not have to deal with something that they're maybe avoiding themselves. Um, but what do you feel like that's about? Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think ultimately w- when I think back, like it's a mixture of that comparative thing, you know, like I know from my dad and my brother, they had seen me healthy at a particular weight. So seeing me weighing less than that, their brain went, oh, my God, this is unfamiliar, not safe, she must be unwell. Yep. You know, I know for the guy who um, um, tried to shove the cupcake in my face, like mm. I uh, you know, and this is no disrespect to him because I have yeah. compassion for what I assume he was going through. Of but course. I yeah. know him to be someone who had always struggled with his weight. Mm-hmm. So seeing me with my, at the time, you know, my commitment to not eating anything that wasn't on my nutrition plan. Yes. For him, you know, it was it was triggering. Um, and I think as well, you know, we, we, we have these beauty standards, again, that we're fed is the the right way and, because I was lean and heavily, you know, like the, the, the weight that I did have was muscle. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, that it's, it's strange. It's abnormal. It freaks people out. It makes people question their realities. And as humans, we like the safety of familiarity. So yeah, um, we, we attack the thing that we're unfamiliar with. Yeah. Um, so really, it's it's just a different flavor of the same shame and guilt. Yeah. That feeds into the other end of the uh, spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, what would your advice or suggestions be for someone that is going through this at the moment? Like, how can they start healing this within them? Yeah, well, first I'd suggest that they come to my masterclass. Of course. <laughs> body image and food, which I have coming up on October 20th. Yeah. Um, but, you know, more than anything, figure out how you want to feel. Um, because, you know, as I've said, it's not the way you look that changes how you feel. It's the way you feel that changes the way you look. Yeah. And so when you can figure out, and I say this to all of my clients, and it's, it sounds really silly, like it's like, Brie, that's too basic, but all of the... All of the stuff that really works is basic. It is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I always say, like, figure out how you would feel if you had what you think you want now. Yeah. You know, because that's the thing. We're only ever chasing a feeling. Yeah. And so, um, you know, figure that out. And then I say to my clients, every morning, set a timer for three minutes and close your eyes. And for the entire three minutes, I want you to practice feeling the way you would feel if you were at your goal weight. Yeah, because over time, your body is going to become familiar with that sensation and you're going to start to live from that place more and more consistently, which means yeah. that your body has no other choice but to follow suit. Yeah. You know, and so, um, yeah, it's 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 the inside out game rather than the outside in game. It's shifting our experience, our outward experience. Uh, it is through the inner world. Um, yeah, for yeah. sure. That would be yeah. nice as a great place to start. Thank you. Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, and I know something that worked for me heavily and was just like major mic drop moments was when I started looking into what I believed about myself. So mm. I wrote them all down and then I wrote next to each belief or each thought I had about myself, my body, and I tried to place that with a memory of someone else saying that to me or someone else's belief around that. And all of them, I realized, was collected from somebody else. Yes. And I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. I have, you know, like, of course, when you're young, you're impressionable and, you know, you got to build that self belief muscle. But I realized, whoa, all of this is not mine. Mm. And I don't need to choose that. And from that day, I was like, nah, I'm not, that's not mine. That's yours. Yes. You can have that. I'm choosing something different. That is potent. Yeah. It, it really changed the game for me. I realized how much stuff I had taken on of someone else's belief um, or projection onto me. You know, it's obviously their self-belief that's, you know, and I know that people are well-intentioned and they probably try and help you in their way but you know I think it's uh, wise to use discernment with what people are saying to you um, and what they believe yes absolutely yeah oh awesome so um can you talk about your course a little bit because it's such an incredible opportunity I think um and really positive message and I hope that 
you, I know you will change the world just a little mm-hmm. bit, even if it's just a little bit uh, with this message. So can you please talk about your course uh, and yes. what the offering is? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, it's a live masterclass. Um, so it's called Healing Body Image and Food. And basically it's, um, it's looking at weight loss and our relationship with our body and with food through the lens of the nervous system. So a lot of the work that I do is based upon the nervous system mm-hmm. and around emotional regulation. So um, kind of the succinct version of it is that we don't realize how much, um, how we've been wired to react and respond to the world um, is based upon uh, trauma. Right. And a lot of that actually feeds into like the way we view ourselves, the way we see ourselves. As you said, a lot of the stuff, you know, was not yours. And so yep. um, you were falling into this survival mechanism of I need to fit the, the lens of what everyone else is telling me I need to be. Yes. And so it's peeling that back. And I, I do believe that we'll probably dig into a few aspects of, you know, um, some of the more kind of logical structured side of, you know, understanding calories and that sort of thing. Yeah. But more than anything, I want to start to really get women to be able to understand that when they relax, it all happens for them, you know. Yes. So the, the tagline for the masterclass is feast like royalty. Oh, I love it. Yeah, what I see is so many women who are um, limiting themselves, right? Yeah. And what I want, you know, the, the, the image that I have in my mind is that I want with the women in my life to sit around this giant smorgasbord, you know, to sit around like the queens that they are and feast and enjoy it it and do it without shame, without guilt, and to do it together, right, to rise together. Um, Mm. So, yeah, feast like royalty. So um, that's coming up on October 20th. Um, For anyone that can't make it live, the replay will be available as well through the same registration link to jump on live. And, of course, if you can make it live, which I suggest, you'll get a chance to do a bit of a Q&A with me so I can coach you through your specific circumstances if you desire. Yeah. Um, and so the link for that is www.briannabowley.com forward slash healing B-I-F. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Um, that's exciting and I hope people jump on to that because uh, just to be able to have the opportunity to ask you a question and be coached by you, um, will be a really powerful experience and I know this is going to be bomb as <laughs> so, so excited it's gonna yes be- it's amazing so yeah thanks so much I will include uh, the link in this description so people can find it as well and also on social media yeah. um, but just thank you so much for this conversation today I know it's a really powerful one and I just yeah thank you for being vulnerable and open and willing to share this message with others my pleasure and thank you I um I really appreciate you giving me the platform to speak on this of course it's it's very important yes definitely All right. Well, thanks for the discussion and we'll chat again soon. For sure. Okay. Bye. Bye.